0: Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I am your host, Antonio Garza. And I guess for a second week in a row, we are a day late. But this one in particular was because I wanted to wait for the 18th to happen because I want to talk to you about a little project that I started with just pro wrestling news that um, we started a... It's called the Pro Wrestlings future 50 it is a list of the top 50 professional wrestlers age 25 or younger as of august the 31st and we have started to release this top 50 list on twitter and i have it on under the wrestling and just pro wrestling news has it also on their website but uh i i yesterday we released the first 10 names we're going to be releasing 10 names until we reach the final 10 spots and at that point we're going to be releasing one spot at a time and that should take us all the way to august 31st so i hope everyone follows us through this little uh project journey thing um it's gonna be fast it's gonna be fun it's gonna be it's gonna go fast for sure (laughs) um so yeah, uh, that's, that's something that I wanted to, to get across first and I wanted to wait up so that at this point you can go to JPWN show uh, on Twitter and see the list. or you can just go uh, through my, my Twitter. Uh, that's DW Revolution. And yeah, so on to the show. yes so we're back and oh boy we have a lot a lot to talk about this week it was a super packed week and that is counting that stardom had to cancel a couple of shows um or at least start like postpone them and but we still had so much wrestling, like so much wrestling that I actually didn't get to watch all of it. I am still behind on the little things, but the main things we watched were AAA, we watched New Japan and we watched some Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestling. And so today we're going to be all across the world talking about different promotions and we may st- I mean, we, we may as well sorry start with Mexico triple A Triple Mania 29. This is the biggest show in triple A's year, the one where they go all out. This is where masks fall, hair falls, and not because of age. Uh title matches happen. And as usual, triple A really goes out with these shows, but sometimes they're clusterfucks sometimes they're really fun i think they're they're for the most part fun in the most like triple a way but they're not always good last year i fought triple a or triple mania 28 was arguably the worst major show of every promotion in the world it had one of the worst matches that i've seen in my life with pagano and chessman And so obviously you come into a triple mania and you expect a lot of things. And so I expected some things here. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised that most of the show was good. There was really just one match and surprise, surprise. It was a Pagano and Chessman match that I didn't like. But the rest was pretty like from good to great. And we may as well start with it. The, The... before the show they actually played a like triple mania documentary and it was i liked it it was interesting there was like some cool stuff about like mamba and hijo Bikingo, and Mister Iwana like coming to their first triple mania but then the thing started to go more into building up psycho clown versus rey scorpion for the main event and so i thought it was like a good 30 minute preview and like trying to get you into the mood of a triple mania so I thought that was like really really good to have Uh, the the only problem is that that was just an extra 30 minutes that you had to sit down Uh, but the show started with the Marvel comics match I don't like these matches I think they're stupid because the the superheroes quote unquote look uh, like $5 party versions of the actual superheroes uh, commentary doesn't really know shit about comic books, so they're just, like, spilling out whatever weird storylines they can come up with. Um, and so, to me, like, i rather just have the wrestlers involved wrestle as themselves. It would have been f- much better. The match saw Arachno, Estrella Cosmica, and Leyenda Americana, defeat Picadura Letal, Terror Púrpura, and Venenoide. So, Arachno was... El Hijo del Vikingo, Estrella Cosmica, was Lady Maravilla. leyenda Americana was Octagon Jr. And on the other side, Picadura Letal, which was uh, Black Widow, technically, was the new sexy star, not previous sexy star, the, the new sexy star. Uh, Terror Púrpura was, again, Brian Cage. He was, well, no, him and 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 Benenoide, uh, which was Taurus, were the only ones who came back to their characters because last time... Well, at least last Triple Mania, leyenda Americana was Daga and Arachno was uh, Leo Rush. And obviously those things changed. Uh, I thought the match was good, but not because of the marble thing. I think that this match just could have been perfectly okay with those six wrestlers doing their own thing. Uh, the one thing that was terrible about this match was that it was a finish because the heels were dominating and then hulk or I, I don't even remember what they called it but hulk came out and got in like he attacked everyone and then he got in uh terror purpura's face and he just distracted him enough for leyenda americana and arachno to get the win so i was like the baby facers are not only cheating they have them the the numbers advantage they're like they're cheating in front of the referee and they're they're winning via distraction so like what kind of fucking baby faces or superheroes are they like if they can't win and then after the match we saw someone i think dressed as loki uh like cut a little promo i don't know who that who it was under the loki mask but he looks he looked tiny skinny zero like uh like musculature anything like he just looked like a total total geek <laughs> so i don't know like th- this whole marvel thing is i think it's incredibly stupid we had la copa bardal triple mania bardal is actually that brand uh, they they sponsored this uh, cup and this match was okay it was your royal rumble type match with uh, a bunch of people coming in. There's rarely surprises. There was maybe like one or two. The participants were Drago, Pimpinela Escarlata, Tito Santana, Mochocota Jr. and Carta Brava Jr. All of the, the Poder del Norte. Artemis, Mamba, uh, Mr. Iguana, Niño Amburguesa, Villano Tercero Jr., Mises Jr. And I think that was it. Um, there was a point where La Parca Negra and Superfly came down, but I think they were just like interfering. They didn't actually enter the, the match. Uh, and then also Octagon Jr. was out there at one point and he just he kind of joined commentary, but not really. And it was just like a reason to distract Villano Torcero Jr. So that's that feud's going to go. Um but, yeah, the, the match was okay. I mean, when it comes to Copa Triple Manias, like, those tend to be incredibly huge clusterfucks where people come in outside of their their time or people just leave the match and, and not get eliminated or there's always, like, a bunch of, like, shenanigans, um, like, interference and stuff like that. And so we had a little bit of that, but, like, for the most part, they kept it, they kept it, like, pretty tame uh, for this type of thing. Uh there we with that we did have a couple of stupid things like Aramis eliminated himself with a dive and then later on um it was Mysticis and Archenis who hit a Spanish fly from the top rope to the floor. So obviously they eliminated themselves. So you you still had a couple of like those really really stupid spots Uh, and at the end, the final two were Mr. Iwana and Carta Brava and Iwana won. Um, I do not like Mr. Iwana. I think he kind of like reminds me of those meme wrestlers right now in the U S so I don't really care for him. Uh, but I mean, he's a fan favorite in Mexico. He has his little like plushy Iwana that he throws around. And so he's for the kids, you know? So it's, it's, Get something to the kids get something to the kids it's okay i don't care about we want to the the big thing about this match was that the post match after you want to celebrate on the thing like a new countdown starts and who would it be but la nueva generacion dinamita sanson Cuatrero, y Forastero, making their triple a debut like literally days after leaving cmll uh, there were many rumors that they were not going to be able to keep the name Sansón Cuatrero and Forastero, because I think CMLL owned those names. But, I mean, they could still be La Nueva Generación de Namita. They just couldn't be Sansón Cuatro and Forastero. But apparently, I mean, they came out with the masks and the names. So maybe they either came up to agreement or, you know, AAA don't care. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. <laughs> and so, yeah, they, they, they attacked I- Iwana. They took him out um uh, after that we saw poder Del Norte. well we saw a couple we saw like security and i think it was octagon jr and arjemis who came out and and like try to make a stand but i think they like kicked their asses pretty quick and then poder del norte ran down kind of like to face off but when they started to it La Empresa, which is uh, another team that came from CMLL, which is Samadonis, Puma King, and DMT Azul, uh, formerly known as Diamante Azul. Uh, They joined NGD and they took out Poder del Norte. I personally love when a heel or a heel faction comes out to defend their their show their promotion i i think that is one of the best spots or here or babyface turns that you can make especially if you capitalize on it um i mean a recent example of that was when in wwe of all places the hurt business came out to confront uh retribution or whatever their name was like they look like badasses when a heel defends their promotion, and so I love to hear. Unfortunately, brother just got their asses kicked, so it didn't go anywhere. But um, but yeah, uh, that's what happened. So La Nueva Generación Dinamita is now on AAA, and they're gonna be they're gonna be they're Don't be surprised if they build to a mask match with one of them at next Triple Mania. Because it feels really similar to when uh what was it? I think it was uh I think it was Tejano Universo and someone else that I can't remember. But I think um uh, when they came I think they were called like El Consejo, yeah. Like they also got like skyrocketed into a mask match later down the road. Next up, we had El Campeonato de Reina, the Reinas, AAA, and the Impact Knockouts Championship title versus title match. Fabi Apache versus Diana Parasso. And I saw a lot of complaints about this match because there was a lot of overbooking. Uh, and by that, I think they meant there was a lot of interference by lady shani who was with who Fav- no i mean by lady maravilla who was with diana paraso lady shani was with uh, fabio pache and also all the stuff with el hijo del tirante as well i've been watching fabia Pache match for pff, a long time now and like trying to explain the history between elijo del tirantes and fabia pache would take me like a whole other podcast but <clears throat> This was exactly what was supposed to be. This was 100% a Fabia Apache match. Uh, her matches are about overcoming the odds of a crooked referee, a heel that constantly cheats, people that constantly get interference, uh, and then she either wins or loses. But that is a Fabia Apache match. Sometimes she has to deal with her own father or her sister like training on her. But Fabia Pache keeps fighting. That is her thing. She is Tarahashi. She is John Cena in a way. I mean, when it comes to the to the women's division in Triple A. And so like to me, I, I really enjoyed the match. It was a Fabia Apache match. I, I, I enjoy those matches when when you see like the baby face trying to overcome the odds in this case she failed to parasso uh parasso hit cosa nostra and then locked in the benus, the benus de milo for the submission win but i thought it was good i thought it was uh according to to plan and if anything else i the only thing that i didn't like was that favi attacked parasso after the match i think she just should have left and you know come back stronger later maybe attack parasso in and I don't know if she can work in the U.S., but try to try to get her an impact, and maybe she can go there and work a couple of dates. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I enjoy the match. I, I, yes, there's a lot of overbooking, but you have to realize that this is exactly how this goes. Like, you're not going go to go see Dama Tsumoto and, like, Chigusa Nagayo match and say, like, oh, there's a lot of overbooking. But, no, I mean, that's the whole fucking point, you moron. Yeah, you, you moron. So, yeah, I actually like Fabio Pacheco versus Don so I thought it was uh, a pretty decent match. The next up, we have arguably the best match of the night in terms of in-ring action. Um, Like, I think there's a lot of people who are going to like the main event more, but I think, I don't know, like, this match was just freaking crazy. This was the Campeonato en Parejas A, the Lucha Brothers, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. versus Brian Cage and Torres versus Los Jinetes del Aire, El Hijo del Vikingo and Laredo Kid. This was just fucking awesome. It was just like, it's, yes, it's a spot fest, but man, what a fest. What a fucking fest. Uh, everything between Tauros and El Hijo del Vikingo is a highlight that should be gifted and like kept for, for prosperity because those two guys working together is freaking gold. Um, and yeah, like the rest, like obviously Lucha Brothers uh, working Bikingo and Laredo Kitar is fantastic. Uh, Brian Cage as a base is fantastic. Taurus as a base is even better. Uh, the, I guess the only, the only thing that I would complain about is that commentary really undersold Brian Cage's power. He did a couple of spots like like, for instance, he did the one where Lijo El Bikingo went for a dive and he just caught him and then he hits the suplex. Those spots, I think, should be shown and, like, really hyped by commentary and, and commentary kind of failed on, on Brian Cage. But it was really just Brian Cage's power that they all, all undersold. The rest of the match was just freaking amazing. And maybe it's just, it's just a matter of, like, what Brian Cage does is not really a lucha thing or a a triple A thing, even. So maybe the commentary is just not accustomed to like having to hype those type of spots as much as they're hyping all the dives, all the crazy like Phoenix and Nicole Bikingo spots. And so I like I understand it, but I I, I did think Cage would have come off as a bigger monster if not for that next up we had la empresa diamante azul puma king and Sam Adonis defeat team triple a that was Chessman, murder clown and pagano and this was my worst match of the night it was it was so weird because i expected a, a bunch of garbage wrestling with a bunch of like shitty weapons no no psychology just spots and spots spots all over the place And that's what it was, but without the weapons. And so it actually got to a point where I'm like, man, this match needs some weapons. (laughs) Um, Like they had weapons, they had like chairs and a couple of things, but it wasn't really a, it wasn't really like the chaotic weapons match that you come to expect from, especially like from guys like Pagano and Chessman, you know? So, yeah, like, I wasn't really into this match. I I hate Jessamon. I hate Pagano. Uh, And I think they're terrible wrestlers. Pagano, at one point, almost, like, decapitated himself with the apron, hitting a a pretty simple dive. Uh, I mean, so simple for wrestlers. I probably don't know if I could do it. Uh, But, yeah, like, I didn't like it. And then, to make it things worse, the end saw, like, the end came with... Chessman and Pagano that they hate each other started fighting again, and so La Empresa just took advantage and got the win, so this this was crap this was crap next up we have the the big, big, mega campeonato AAA match, Kenny Omega defending against Andrade El Idolo Uh, a match that I mean once you got into the match it's like this has no build. <laughs> uh, it was weird. It was. A, I liked the match. I, I, I've, I've heard people say like, oh, Andrade is not the same. So my, my experience with Andrade is I stopped seeing Andrade when he stopped being La Sombra. I didn't see anything that he did with the WWE because I don't follow them. And so the only thing that I had from him was everything that I've seen from La Sombra like many, many years ago. And then that one match with Matt Seidel, which was arguably like ring rust, maybe. So, uh, I dunno. So like, I guess, let me not, uh, bury the news here. The big thing that happened, uh, was that Ric Flair debuted for AAA as Andrade's second. This, I understand is Ric Flair's first ever booking in Mexico he like there's a story that he was booked many years ago uh, i think cmll back uh, EMLL back then tried to book rick flair but things failed out uh he was still in wa champion and i think uh the plans failed and so he wasn't able to come but that was as close as someone has ever been to booking rick flair in mexico uh, or at least i mean with a mexican promotion he's obviously been i think i think with WWE. But uh yeah, like so so like going back, like the match I thought it was okay. It was well wrestled. I thought Omega looked as good as usual. I thought Andrade looked good, maybe not amazing, but good. The one thing that I noticed in this match is that um I don't really have any reason to, to like Andrade. Uh, and maybe that's something that may have hurt this match. Like I don't know. It's so like uh, the whole kind of like story that the commentary tried to s- sold me here was that Andrade is bringing the title back to Mexico because he is a Mexican, and I don't know. If that is like the best thing, like uh, I don't, know. I think it's just hard to see him as a babyface because he's not really a babyface in character. His character is not really a babyface, and with no build, like other than a couple of promos, like I don't have any reason to believe that Andrade is a babyface. Actually, if you if you go back by the Rey de Reyes, I think show the whole impression was that Andrade and La Empresa were coming in together, and La Empresa is a heel. And so I have no reason to believe that Andrade is a babyface or a technical going against Kenny Omega, who is obviously uh, a Rudo. And so that I had a lot of problems. So they, they pretty much tried to build this match based on just the same all like nationalistic pride that a Mexican is fighting a gringo you know uh and i mean i guess mexico is the only country where that still passes uh like we try to see it with cody and ogogo in aw and people turn on cody because it just comes off as weird now uh understandably the u.s is a heel in everyone else's uh, eyes so you can play it that way but it, it was just it was just weird it was different um so yeah like that was a big problem that i had i i tried to uh, to see andrade as a baby face and he did a couple of spots that were totally baby faces uh but i don't know i just i just couldn't really see him as you know like I mean, I, we're going to see right now, I'll talk about Psycho Clown, but talk about a baby face. And Andrade was just not there. Like, I, to me, Andrade just is just like, I don't know, like the Mexican guy who left to the US got himself a Weta and a million dollars. And that's it, you know, like he's, he, I don't see him as this big Mexican hero. So that was like my biggest disconnect in this match. Uh, but like beyond that, I thought the action was okay. Um uh, Pretty decent. But now we have the final match of the night. The main event. Mascara contra Cabellera. Mask versus hair. Psycho Clown versus Rey Escorpión. And Psycho Clown. As usual, won. Uh, I say as usual. Because, but this one, I mean, he had to win. This was actually... um I mean, kudos to, to AAA on this match. Because they were pushing water uphill. Like here. Like, I don't think anyone in the world expected to see rey scorpion defeat psycho clown for his mask i think there were certain arguments that you can make that like oh yeah like i guess it could happen because of such and such but realistically i don't think anyone believed psycho clown was going to lose his mask to rey scorpion of all people i Nothing against him. He's a fantastic luchador, but I mean, he's not he's not fucking Dr. Wagner, you know, and so saying that there were a couple of spots that uh, that the match made you think like that maybe Psycho Clown could could lose. And the biggest one particular one was when Goya Con, her sister, Psycho Clown's sister, turned on psycho low blow him and then Rey scorpion got a quick uh, pin and at that point it really did feel like oh shit maybe the mask is coming off and something that i had considered because this whole match was like okay let me backtrack a little bit psycho clown is the son uh of Super Porky, Brazo de Plata, who just recently passed away. And so a lot of this match was really in honor of Psycho. I mean, yeah, of Psycho's father, uh, Super Porky. Like Psycho Clown came out with Super Porky's jacket. Uh, There was a lot of like just things honoring Super Porky. And so I did at one point when I started to see those near-falls think, what if... Psycho Clown wants to transition his career more to being like an unmasked wrestler going by his family name and honoring his father because I I I did consider like hey like the death of a father is a big enough catalyst to maybe you want to do something where your career and go take it to another direction and so they like when Goya Khan turned on his brother and then her brother, and then Ray Scorpion got the pin. I was like, holy shit, this is it. This is it. But no, Psycho Clown kicked out. He's super powered. <laughs> he low-blowed Ray Scorpion, hit everyone else, I think, with chairs, uh, and then got the win. So the match itself, like, beyond that, I think it was just, like, your generic match where they get bloody, they get, like, tear up masks and stuff like that. It was a good match. But it, re- it was really that Goya Kong spot where you were like, holy shit, I think the mask may be changing, but no, we uh, well, not changing, like being unmasked. But uh, yeah, uh, Psycho Clown won as he had to. And then we go into the post-match, which is something that I also want to talk about, the post-match. It was weird to a certain point for me. Uh, I've seen this happen a lot of times in Mexico, uh, where the, the Rudo who loses the hair or mask match, like they just honorably take off their, their mask or they cut their hair or stuff like that. And this one in particular, like we had just seen psycho clown low blow Ray Scorpion, and then he won. And so like Ray Scorpion is not only argu- arguing that psycho clown low blow him, But then he just like kind of like turns and says like, but you know what? I'm going to take my loss as a man and I'm going to like shave my head. And you know what? My baby daughter is going to shave my head and she's crying her eyes off. And she's like just trying to cut the hair. And just like that, like Rey Scorpion was the biggest baby face to me uh, like all night because he's honorably taking his loss even though he knows it was unfair (laughs) the way he lost because of the low blow uh and then you have like like i said like the daughter just like crying and it's like just a wonderful like family moment to see uh ray scorpion like with his daughter i was like what the fuck are we doing here like and then like soccer clown just gets the mic and he starts like Understand me, psychomaniacs or, or whatever he calls them, and I'm like, dude, like read the room. You're, <laughs> this is not your night anymore. Like, Ray Scorpion stole the night. He stole the spotlight for you. Uh, just just take the win humbly now, and I don't know, thank Ray Scorpion or something. But yeah, like that. That was that was one of those weird, um, little things that they do sometimes where they just they end up looking way better than the baby face so yeah that was the whole show uh like i said i thought it was a really really good and fun show like in the most triple a way uh but it was really fun there were barely any production issues it was actually pretty tame in that sense i think we have more production issues than the new japan resurgence show that we're going to talk about but um yeah, I, I definitely like this show. I definitely would say go watch go and watch it. Uh, I mean, you can skip the the empresa versus Team Triple A match, really, but everything else was fantastic. I, I I really enjoyed Triple Mania this year, and just as we mentioned, another show that happened at the same time as Triple A, I was actually watching them in in separate monitors, was New Japan Resurgence. This took place in the US, um, The Torch at Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum in LA, California. This was on the fourth. Um, yeah, it was the 14th. Both shows were on the 14th. So this show, it's it's pretty much a New Japan strong show. But once you see it, this was just a New Japan show with some strong guys in it. Um, and that was something else, like, you can tell New Japan Strong is kind of like that spin off of a series that is... It's okay, but the best episodes are when the original cast drops by. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I, I liked the show. I think it was consistently good, but I didn't think many things were like that super amazing or anything um, but let's let's go from the top Alex Coughlin challenge match series Carl Fredericks defeated Alex Coughlin the match was okay like now that they're not quote unquote young lions anymore I really don't care for Carl Fredericks but I really really love Alex Coughlin <laughs> like the way they developed I just don't care about Fredericks anymore uh, like like He has a potential. He's going to be a big deal. I just don't care about him. But Alex Coughlin, I still just enjoy so much. I see it's so much potential. So many things to do with him. Uh, But yeah, he lost. uh, Frederick won with Manifest Destiny. Then we had Fred Rosser, Rocky Romero, and Wheeler Yuta versus Clark Connors, Renarita, and TJP. Um, Another match. It was also okay. Nothing really um outstanding I I, I I yeah it was okay They're like the, the things that i liked the most were seeing like rocky romero wheeler Yuta pair up with like narita so that was pretty much it nothing really noteworthy uh tjp won with a mamba splash on i think it was on connor no connor's hit slice spread mamba splash by tjp on Romero, I think it was on Romero. So nothing special. Um, we had Adrian Quest, Chris Dickinson, Fred Yehai, Leo Rush, and Juja Wemura uh, making his debut versus Tim Philfield, uh there was uh Tom Lawler, Roy I, Royce Isaacs, JR Kratos, Joral Nelson. I, I, I that was the one guy that I didn't know much about. And Danny Limelight Another fun match. It was pretty similar to the previous one. Just a bunch of people in the match. Just a bunch of spots. Uh, this one put a lot of emphasis in Tom Lawler versus Leo Rush. Uh, they're going to be having a title match soon. So that was one like, pair-up they really focused on. They also okay. did a lot with Chris Dickinson and Tom Lawler. They have their little feuds since Dickinson kind of like turned on Tim Filthy. And... We had a lot of Leo Rush and Danny Limelight, which was probably like the highlight of the match. They just like paired up really, really well. And JR Kratos was, was pretty awesome in this match. He's just like a big dude that knows how to work as a big dude. And yeah, and at the end, Juja Wemura got the win over who was, I think it was over Jarrell Nelson or or Isaacs, one of those two. But, um, Maybe Limelight? <laughs> I don't know anymore. But yeah, Uemura got the win with the the, the suplex thingy he does. And after the match, he asked to be admitted to the LA dojo. So Shibata came out and accepted him. I mean, it just kind of felt like a reason to get everyone in the match and then give Uemura uh, a contract. So I guess it, it's okay. I'm I'm excited for Duja Uemura. Like he just looked so good. And then. I I argue that the real New Japan show started. Uh, the first match was Juice Robinson and Hikuleo. The match wasn't anything special. Hikuleo just kind of working as a big guy, and Juice Robinson being worked on. And then at the end, we saw we saw actually the 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 finish was botched. It had to I that had to be a botch. It was just terrible. Uh, Hikuleo has Robinson kind of like in a fireman's carry, and then. Robinson kinda went for a roll up, but Hikuleo kinda took a bump and commentary tried to told us that it was a kinda driver. And I was like, what the fuck are you everyone talking about? Like it was just a roll up, but Hikuleo sold it like he got like he took a bump. So it was it it just looked bad. Um and after the match Hikuleo chokes them, George Robinson for I mean, for whatever reason not not a good match. <laughs> uh, we had a calendar announcements. They announced that they're going to be doing shows in Dallas, Philly and San Jose. The San Jose one's going to be big ish. Dallas is going to be big ish too. Dallas already has announced Lance Archer versus Minoru Suzuki, so Suzuki's coming. I think Ishii and Jay White is happening also in Dallas. And I think they announced something for Tanahashi that I'm not remembering right now but yeah we we already have a couple of matches announced for Dallas so the interesting thing here is that we are coming close to the G1 climax or when it should be taking place and they're doing a lot of big shows in the US with a lot of Japanese talent and given the news that New Japan right now is like struck him by COVID uh, the the champion chingo Takayu right now has covid i've started to consider that maybe they're going to do the maybe they can do the G1 in the US this year i don't know uh that that would be a way to circumvent um a lot of booking issues or not having people the only problem is that it it would have to leave a lot of guys out of the G1 because I don't know if they would bring like the Joshi Hashi's but right now you do have like all the foreigners are in the U.S. for the most part even William Osprey as we're going to be talking about is in the U.S. and so don't be surprised if the G1 happens in the U.S. also it's important to consider um it hasn't really been talked about on the news I don't know why but there are reports that after the baseball season ends in Japan, the Tokyo Dome is going to go into construction for like repairs and stuff like that. That means there wouldn't be a Tokyo Dome in January 4th. So there's no Tokyo. There, I mean, there's a Rizzo Kingdom, but it's not in Tokyo Dome. If that is the case, I don't know if you want to do a G1 Climax either because you may not need to. And as we're going to see later on with William Osprey's promo, we do have now two champions who are claiming to be the world champion. And so a unification match at the, at Jan 4th, whether it's at the Tokyo Dome or Yokohama Budokan or whatever, doesn't necessarily need a G1 Climax winner. Unless they want to do two nights, if they want to do two nights uh, again this year, which I, I don't know if this is the right year to do them. I guess you can do Chingo and Osprey night one, and then the winner of the G1 Climax challenges on the night two. That's probably what's going to happen. But uh, I don't know. It's starting to seem interesting that there's so many Japanese wrestlers booked in the U.S. so close to Japan. I mean, to the G1 Climax. Also, I have to consider. Um, the U.S. doesn't have a mandatory quarantine if you come back from outer, from outside the country. Uh, my understanding is that you only need to show proof uh, that you're not, I mean, that you took a test and that may be depending on the country that you travel from. But Japan does have a two-week quarantine mandate after any international travel. And so it wouldn't be that easier for to have like guys do shows in San Jose and then just travel to to Japan and getting to a G1 Climax. They would need to do the quarantine. So I don't know. Things are getting tricky. I'm curious to see where things go. But anyway, back into the, the show, we had the best match of the night. Tomohiro Ishii versus Moose. Easily the match of the night. Uh, Moose is awesome Ishii is awesome Um, Ishii made Moose look like a top level guy Well I mean he is But he may seem like He's like a main eventer And Ishii looked like he was Moose's size He just looked like super strong Um, Ishii won with a brain buster But go watch This this is one match that I I think You should just go watch it I mean talking won't do it Uh, Won't do it It just won't do it (laughs) Uh, You need to go watch it and and enjoy it for what it is. Then we have William Osprey come out. And so let's get into this. Will Osprey came out. He says he is cleared to wrestle to return. But he's not going to the G1 Climax. He is pretty much kind of like holding himself ransom uh, because he doesn't want to go back to Japan because how new Japan treated him? He argues that... He got injured and New Japan knew it was just going to be a couple of months and they still stripped him of the title. Meanwhile, John Moxley held the US title for almost a year without defending it because he couldn't, he not even he couldn't, he didn't want to travel. And so hes he has a pretty good argument there. So he actually reveals that he has the real IWGP World Championship in his possession and that Shingo Takagi is holding a replica and he's calling chingo takagi the interim champion that's interesting uh that's where i come like i think there's just going to be a uh, a match to call for the undisputed champion maybe probably a wrestle kingdom to be honest um so yeah that that's one part of it he said he's going to stay in new japan strong for now that's going to he's going to make that his home and that he will be uh defending the title there i and at that point frederick's connors and tjp came out to antagonize i think we're going to be getting osprey versus tjp first it's okay uh like if you're going to to job a couple of guys on osprey tjp Fredericks, and connor are Pretty decent options. Uh, eventually you build up to someone bigger. So yeah. That's what's happening. He, I mean Osprey. The promo I thought was pretty good. He's so hateable. Um, Osprey get the impression that he may end up going to Impact or AW2. Uh, he's hinting that he's going to be in America for a while. At least for the rest of, of the year. So again. If you're going to have a G1. You can't just not have talent like Jay White and, and, and William Osprey. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Uh we had John Moxley and juji Nagata versus the Good Brothers. This was actually really underwhelming. Uh both for Moxley and for Nagata. The the match was I mean Moxie was barely in the match. Nagata just kinda did both the baby face in peril stuff and then the comeback later on. Uh and eventually he lost to a match killer I don't know. This was just like really underwhelming. I I didn't really like it that much. The post-match was slightly more interesting. We saw Gallows and Anderson, be, they were cutting a promo. Their microphones went down. Uh, they died. Like I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but they just died. And then the Guerrillas of Destiny came out. They made fun of them. They got face-to-face and the group brothers walked out. So... It seems like this whole idea of the elite versus the Bullet Club that started with Impact Wrestling is now going to go into actual New Japan. And so, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see how well it expands to maybe AEW because it, it feels like it's building to Jay White versus Kenny Omega. But in addition, now we have the Good Brothers versus the gorillas of Destiny, which should—it's—it's it's at least a new match. We—I I don't think we've ever seen that. And then on Impact, we have Chris Bay, and I think Hikuleo facing off too. Like, well, not facing off, but like teaming against other people. So we're starting to see the Bullet Club like do certain things here and there, and some of those things are against the Elite. So. We'll see if they actually pulled the trigger on, on Jay White versus Kenny Omega somewhere. I don't know where. I don't know if he goes back to. I don't know if he does like a New Japan show. That is a tricky thing. I don't know if Omega does a New Japan show. Uh, we go into the two main events. Uh, title matches. First off, the Never Open Openweight Championship match. Jay White defeated David Finley. Match was okay. I didn't think it was as good as the New Japan Cup one. But the match was okay. The the one thing here is that the crowd was completely on Jay White's side. Like not against Finley. They were just on White's side. And so since they're not going to just let White work as a babyface or at least make it half and half. Kind of like when Tanahashi or Naito changed their style because they're not get, because they're getting booed in the arenas. But here they just kind of went with it. Uh, and White ended up just, I don't know, like he just kind of like overpowered Finley most of the match. And that was it. Um, the finish saw Finley counter a Blade Runner into Prima Nocta. And then when he went for the acid drop, White countered it into a Blade Runner for the win. So yeah, the, the, I think a lot of these matches in this show were more about building up what's going to be Dallas and San Jose and Philly. Because after this match, Ishii came out and challenged White. And so it's okay. Like it's It kind of felt like Jay White just got a win, and he kicked Finley's ass just to set up Ishii versus White, which is going to be fucking awesome. And finally, the main event of the night, the IWGP United States Championship match. Lance Archer lost to Hiroshi Tanahashi another good match just i mean yeah it was a good match for sure but uh, just not the best of the night um but it was i think the best way to end the show because it was like the happy ending it was a tanahashi match that just like had a lot of people like hype for because they haven't seen tanahashi in a long time tanahashi himself i don't think i i'm not gonna say he worked harder than he's worked before uh in the last year but Consider this. For the first time in almost two years, Tanahashi got to hear his name chanted. And you just know Tanahashi cares about that. Like if there is one guy who really, really cares about his name being chanted, is Tanahashi. And so I think he like just got into it so much. Archer looked like a superstar. He just looked like a he looked like a better version of Lance Archer in New Japan. Because before he left he was just one half of the killer elite squad he's one dude in suzuki gun and now he's coming in and he's now lance archer the murder fucking hawk you know the the whole shebang and so he just felt like a bigger thing now and yeah that was the that was pretty much it like tanahashi won with three high fly flows one standing one to the back of Archer and one to the front of Archer. Uh, but the rest of the match was pretty much the usual stuff. You know, Archer doing some of his flips and power moves. Tanahashi working the leg. And after the match, Archer cut a promo. Pretty much asking or making Tanahashi promise to go to AEW. So he wants to wrestle him again in AEW. And uh, and Tanahashi, like in the best English he could pull out, he he pretty much said, like, yes, I I promise I'll do it. And he closed the show. We got a little bit of air guitar. We saw John Moxley annoyed that Tanahashi won because they seem to... I mean, they're building Moxley versus Tanahashi. I just don't know for when. That is a match that you could totally wait for Wrestle Kingdom at this point. Uh, Especially if we go into the J1 Climax, that's going to eat the rest of the year. And so you can leave Moxley and Tanahashi for... Wrestle Kingdom uh, for that title and I, I don't think that would have been that would have been that much bad, that bad of an idea but yeah that was a show like I said it was consistently good but nothing like out of this world good um, I don't know there's just something about New Japan shows in the US that just don't connect with me as much as when they when they're in Japan it's probably the crowd but um, I don't know I I I would suggest go out of your way to watch Ishii versus Moose. That was definitely the match of the night. And go watch the Will Will Osprey promo. I I thought it was fun. I thought it was really, really good. So now that we've been in Mexico and now we went to a U.S., we are going all the way to Tokyo, Japan, Koroakon Hall, the 15th of August for the 8th Tokyo Princess Cup's final Night. The finals of the Tokyo Princess Cup. Maki Ito defeated Choko Nakajima to win the 8th Cup and earn herself a title shot against Miyu Yamashita. The match was really good. We didn't really get to talk about the semi finals because I did consider that. The Mizuki-Makihito match was slightly better than the Chokonakajima match, but it was still pretty good in itself. Um, kind of like the story here is that Chokonakajima is a former champion. This is her fifth final at, in the Princess Cup. Uh, she actually won one. Uh, and so she's more of an established like top level wrestler. Makihito on the other hand. Well, this is her first final. She's coming in with a broken cheekbone. Like, shoot. Broken cheekbone. (laughs) When she fought Susume. Uh, And she probably re-injured it against Mizuki. uh, When she was, like, doing the top row headbutts. But also, like, uh, Makito is that character. That she is all all talk and zero results. She talks a big game. But she doesn't always have the ability to back it up. And so in this particular year, in this particular tournament, she has managed to make it to the finals. And now it's a matter of like, can she beat Nakajima and complete the fairy tale story or does she fall because Maki Itos, she's the failed idol. You know, she, she doesn't make it to the top. And so, that's kind of like the story coming in like i said this wasn't as dramatic as yesterday or well, not yesterday's. i mean the the previous night's match with misuki but i think uh the difference in experience between two wrestlers did kind of bring up some of the of the drama because you had to see makito like reach deep inside and just come up with everything so she can not only not just Take the pins and take the losses, but actually overcome Nakajima and eventually locking the Ito the locks for the win. Um, so yeah, I, and and I really liked also this match because when we when she fought Misuki the previous show, Misuki actually because her friends respected Ito and didn't go after the face knowing that she was injured. Choco Nakajima didn't give a fuck like. One of the first things she did was just go knee first into the face because Choco was there to win it. And uh, and that was also part of the drama that Maki Ito had to fight against someone who was viciously going after her. And so it just was perfect story for, for Ito to, to win her first cup and earn herself like a pretty legit title match and after the match that's what happened. Uh, Miyu Jamashita came out and Miyu was the one who was like let's do this for the title and let's do this on Wrestle Princess 2 which I think it's on the 9th of October if I'm not mistaken and so that's going to be I think that's going to be Tokyo Joshi's biggest show ever at the Ottawa Gymnasium um, so awesome, that is that is solid building up to your biggest show, you know. And I think at this point, like we've we saw Jamashita versus sakasaki at Cyberfest, and so I think Jamashita versus Ito at this point may be the second biggest match they can build. And so, go for it. I think I, I don't know if Ito's going to win. I don't know if I would give her the title, but for sure, I think they're going to they're going to do something good. And that was the the big uh, finals of the Princess Cup. Uh, It was a pretty good tournament. I enjoyed it. Like I think when we started, we said like we need to get over the the first round hump. But once we did, like the matches really started to pick up. Like I'd say everything from the quarterfinals to the to the finals, like was pretty solid uh <clears throat> i really enjoyed it the rest of the show it was uh, okay nothing really special i guess uh we saw miyujamashita defeat moka miyamoto in the opener the two sisters defeated hyper misao and kaya toribami um we saw, what was the third match? Third match was B-Star, uh, Mirai, Mayumi, and Suzume. And Miu Watanabe defeat Haruna Neko, Mahiro Kiryu, and Yuki Kamifuku. And Mahiro Kiryu actually is taking time off. Um, I think she's injured. I don't know. I didn't pay attention to, to see if it was the neck, the back, or what. But she is injured, and so she's going to be taking some time off to recover. We saw Neo Bishiki-Gun, Bishiki uh, Mace and Michelle, and saki defeat Aisuendo and Hikari Noa. So we still don't know who's going to be challenging for those titles coming up. At this point, I, I'm i guessing we may get May Saint Michelle and Sakisama versus the Magical Rabbits or Daydream. It's going to be either, I mean, or maybe a triple way, but I think it's going to be around, the, those, uh, around those, those names. And on the semi-final was the Magical Shooter Rabbits, Mizuki and Sakasaki. And this was actually Sakasaki's, I think, return match. Since she came back from the US. Uh they teamed up with Naokakuta and Pom Harajuku to defeat Aja Kong, kawashi Raku, and Rika Tatsumi. Uh this match was all about Yuka Sakasaki and Aja Kong and it was fantastic. <laughs> that is something really, really fun. But yeah, it was like a quick show, like uh most of the Tokyo Joshi like tournament matches, tournament shows uh were pretty easy to watch. Uh I, I, I totally recommend at least go watch maybe from the semifinals and the final for sure. Uh, but yeah, that is it for Tokyo Joshi. And that is it for for pre- reviews this week. I wanted to preview Wrestle Peter Pan, but I can see my clock and we are starting to come close to the hour. Uh, but just a quick rundown of the card of Wrestle Peter Pan that is taking place. This weekend on the 21st, we have in the main event, the KOD Openweight Championship match, Junaki Yama Defense against Konosuke Takeshita, DDT Universal Championship, Juki Weno Defense against Daisuke Sasaki, KOD Six Men Tag Team Championships, Eruption, Kazusahiguchi, Higuchi, Jukyo Sakaguchi, and Saki Akai versus Damnation, Tetsuya Endo Takao and Juji Hino. We have Harashima, Naomi Yoshimura, Yusuke Okada, Reimi, Imai, and L Unicorn. L Unicorn making his debut versus the team of Jujio Okabayashi, Tamura, Misuki Watase, Juki Ino, and Illusion, which is also, I think, a debut. Um, they're both uni- Unicorn. Uni- El unicorn sounds weird when you say it like L and then English Unicorn. El Unicorn and Illusion are both uh, mask wrestlers, so that should be fun. And we're getting Okabayashi versus Harashima in this match. Uh, Pisari, it's, it's not breaking up, but they're just like challenging each other. But I mean, beyond that, I think like Joshimura Okabayashi should be fun. Okada versus Okabayashi should be fun for sure. Uh, we have a hardcore tag team match, Mao and Shunma Katsumata of the Sananakamina versus Chris Book and Jun fucking Kasai. So, do you know that Shun Kasai and Katsumata are going to do some crazy shit. Uh, we have a double ring, double singles match. Uh, one is going to be Toru Owashi and Antonio Honda, and the other one's going to be Dan Shukudino versus Kazuki Hirata. This, you know, it's going to be all shenanigans, but I think it's going to be really fun shenanigans. I'm, I'm kind of like excited to see what they're going to do. Uh, we have an electric current blast explosion, eight-man team match, death match actually. Atsushi Onita, Sanshiro Takagi, Akito, and Maki Ito versus Kurochan, Super Sasa Dango Machine, Hikarinoa, and Tetsuhiro Kuroda. That's also sounds really fun. Uh, it, Maki Ito actually has experience with electric current blast explosions um and so i think it's going to be uh fun to see what they do it i think that may be the opener i don't know if that's going to be the opener but um i i think that's also going to be a lot of shenanigans because they that match i'm guessing it's, it's going to spill out to the streets so and we know takagi loves to fucking take bumps on the street so I feel that's gonna be fun. And and I mean Hikari Noa getting her her, her chance here to show off and she's been getting into deathmatch stuff. Well not deathmatch stuff, but like she's she's a fan of deathmatch and he's like changing her style in Tokyo Joshi. So I am excited to see her uh just pull off some shit. And we do have a dark match. It's Jukyo Naja and Keigo Nakamura vs. Hidekyokatan and Yuja Koroku. It's your your young boy match i don't know if they're going to show that on the stream hopefully they do uh but yeah that is wrestle peter pan 2021 it's a show that unfortunately hasn't been making a lot of noise in a couple of weeks leading up to it um there's just been so much stuff between the five star like fucking cm punk debuting in two days i mean it's art supposedly right (laughs) and and so there's just been so much stuff that i think wrestle peter pan has been falling through the gaps But uh, we'll be watching it for sure, and we'll talk about it next week. And that is it when it comes to previews. Uh, The only thing left to preview, the same thing that we preview every week for you, it is the Impact Traffic Report. Impact Wrestling for August 19 and August 20 because they're running a back-to-back days. Uh, shows uh, impact I don't know why on a Friday but it's gonna be interesting Uh, so Thursday we have the normal impact episode the new world champion Christian Cage is coming back to the impact zone for the first time in a long time probably since his Hall of Fame induction and I don't know. We'll see what happens. We already have a challenger for him is Brian Myers, so it's not like he's going to get into himself into many different uh, feuds. But it will be interesting to see the interaction of him and some others. Also announced for this show is Dog Gallows versus Joe Doring, a battle of the hosses. Mahabali Shira versus Matt Cardona, a battle of the borings, and and what seems to be like a really interesting pair up. Moose and Ace Austin will face Chris Saban and Sammy Callahan. That one sounds really interesting to see. Uh, obviously, we know Saban and Moose are feuding, but we seem to be getting maybe into Callahan versus Ace Austin, and I, I'm not against that. That sounds good. But that is Impact this Thursday's, the, the, the normal episode on Friday at 5 Eastern, if I'm not mistaken. No seven eastern five my time actually uh we have impact plus emergence the emergence show is taking place now on a friday is going to be taking place right before rampage um the card so far for this is we have impact world champion christian cage versus brian myers for the title we have attack title match with the good brothers versus Byland by the sign versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack. I do believe they said that Byland by the sign will be Diener and Rhino, but it may be Joe. Actually, I think it's going to be Joe Dorian and Rhino. Uh, so that makes it even better. We have an exhibition championship match Jake Alex, Josh Alexander versus Jake something. I was going to try to like amalgamate them. But it's Josh Alexander defending the title against Jake something, which should be awesome if they get enough time. Uh, we have a number one contenders four way match for the Impact World Championship and that is going to be Sammy Callahan versus Moose versus Chris Sabin versus Ace Austin. So the four con- the four participants that we just talked about of the tag match. Uh, I don't know who's going to win, and I the winner of this match is going to head into Victory Road. I think it's the next showed. Uh, so it could be. Given that Christian Cage is a champion, it's a baby face. I do think it's going to be Ace Austin, but we never know. And finally, we have Steve Cutler versus Petey Williams, also for emergence. These two have been feeding for a while. Uh, do expect to get Tasha Steele and Savannah versus Hogan and Rosemary. I mean, Havoc and Rosemary at some point. Um, so they may announce that today uh, because they i think we do have kira i think we have tasha steels versus maybe rosemary i didn't pay attention but we do have a bti match with tasha steels involved so that is it for impact this two days it's going to be really really packed i will be doing the live coverage for figure 4w online uh so if you wanna if you don't have a means to watch the show but do want to follow what's happening Be sure to drop by and I will have the scoop for you. And that is it for this week's episode of WRPX. It was a bit longer, uh, but um, there was just so much. And we actually didn't even get to talk about, like, I think we skipped one show of stardom um, that we didn't talk about. So hopefully we can talk about some stardom next week. Uh, But yeah, be sure to go to Twitter and find me as DWRevolution. Uh, where you will be able to, able to follow the Future 50 list that we are doing with Just Pro Wrestling News. Uh, you can also go to dwrevolution.com where you can find the written versions of all this episode uh, these reviews, uh, shows that we talk about. And talking about episodes, every WRPX episode is on Spotify, iTunes, and you can also find that at wrpxpodcast.com. Um, I think that it's usually all the plugs that i have so without further ado i don't think there's not much to do adios well that's about it son of a gun we've enjoyed it looking forward to next week i guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it but we'll be right back again for Corey macklin dave brown lance russell saying bye bye everybody